Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Deck the halls with bowls of pipe smoke, la 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 Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly broadcast dedicated to us pipe-smoking hobbyists. I'm your host, Brian Levine, for what will be another wonderful episode today in Pipe Parts. I'm going to get into books and reading, stuff that we can uh, enjoy in our time off, especially as school ends for the semester and we all get a little extra time around the house for the holiday season. My guest, Jeff Grasick of J. Allen Pipes, the one and only, will be with us in just a minute. Got a special piece of music, of course, for the holidays. Mailbag and rant coming up. I want to mention a uh, happy birthday to Kevin Godby, who has to work on his birthday. Haha. But hey, at his age, he's just glad to be having birthdays anyway. Want to also say thank you to smokingpipes.com. Hope you are all having a uh, joyful, happy holiday season. Mailbag rant at the end of the show, a whole bunch here, so let's get it going. Hang on, everybody. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Fact. Cup of Joe's has the largest selection of pipes and tobaccos on the web. Fact. For over 17 years, Cup of Joe's has maintained the highest standard in customer service. Fact. Your thumb is the same length as your nose. Told you. Cupofjoes.com. Welcome back. In just a few minutes, Jeff Grasick will be on the phone. In the meantime, in Pipe Parts, I want to talk about uh, books and pipe-related reading that we can do. The holiday times allows a little bit more uh, relaxing time around the house for me, a little less work and more free time to spend with my pipe and with a book. And I'm always looking for something to read while I'm on an airplane. So I thought I'd talk about books or uh, reading material that's pipe-related. And some of these also work out great as uh, stocking stuffers or gifts. So if uh, anybody's listening that's still looking for gifts for their uh, pipe-smoking loved ones, listen to this. Uh, There'll be some uh, good ideas in there. Publications. The first one that I want to mention is the North American Society of Pipe Collectors, or the NASPC, does a wonderful newsletter. It's anywhere between 48 to 64 pages of great writing by all the readers. Comes out six times a year. The cost for an annual membership is $18. The $18 includes postage of the newsletter. It is well worth the $18. Anybody that listens to this show should be a member of the NASPC. If you live overseas, they do an email version of the newsletter, and membership is only $10 annually. 
email it to you. You can print it out if you want there. Pipes and Tobacco's magazine. Been around for 15 years now, 16 years. Chuck Stanion and the group at Pipes and Tobacco's magazine do a great job of in-depth interviews on pipe makers, pipe shops. Wonderful full-color magazine. Comes out four times a year. Great tobacco reviews in every issue. Those guys do a great job with tobacco reviews. Furthermore, on tobacco reviews, we can talk about the group of guys that are doing reviews on our own PipesMagazine.com. Those guys do reviews better than I ever could. They are completely unbiased. They take their time. They're very thorough on doing the reviews. They try a whole assortment of different kinds of tobaccos. Read all those reviews. Want really good in-depth reviews? Pipes and Tobaccos Magazine and PipesMagazine.com. Got some more free time over the holidays while you're uh, relaxing? Try LuxuryTobaccoReviews.com. Another great website with really good in-depth reviews. Much better than I ever could do. Talk about all different kinds of tobaccos on there. Poke around the website, read those reviews, see what reviewers you happen to agree with, follow one of those reviewers. Now you don't have to listen to me talk about my reviews and my narrow-minded point of view. Now on the gift side, there are a lot of really good books dedicated to pipes and pipe tobacco and the pipe smoking hobby. Let me start off with first with Rick Newcomb's two books, In Search of Pipe Dreams and Still Searching for Pipe Dreams. In Search of Pipe Dreams is where I first really understood exactly how passionate Rick is about the hobby and about enjoying and learning more and trying different things in the hobby. It chronicles his trials and tribulations as he learn more and more about how he likes to smoke a pipe. Still Searching for Pipe Dreams is the follow-up to that book, and it's a standalone, so you got to read both of them, or one or the other. Both really well-written, very entertaining, full of lots of information, and lots of great pictures. Uh, Just recently printed and now sold out is Fred Hanna's The Perfect Smoke. If you can find a copy of that, pick it up. It's great. Fred's got a uh, wonderful point of view on stuff, and he's not always right, but he is funny. So Fred Hanna's book is well worth it. Another book that's out of print, and this goes back to 1972, 73, 74, when it came out, is The Book of Pipes and Tobacco by Carl Ewa Jr., Carl's last name is E-H-W-A. Wonderful book. You can find it on Amazon or on eBay. Great book. Goes into a lot of detail on pipes and pipe tobacco. Well worth it if you can find a copy and pick one up and grab it. Some other really good books are coming out of the Briar Books Press, which is owned and operated by Gary Schreier, including Gary's own Confessions of a Pipe Man, It's in the second edition now. And Gary lets loose and uh, has fun, and it's an easy, fun read, as well as some of his other books that he prints. Uh, 
and puts out, there's a book on Bo Nord and a gorgeous book by Jan Anderson on Scandinavian pipe makers. Both of these books are big coffee table size books, not at all a stocking stuffer size, but they're full of wonderful pictures and great, uh, great information. Another book I want to draw your attention to is Artisans and Trademarks by Jose Manuel Lopez. The book has got just a ton of pictures and tons and tons of markings and stampings and great. It's it's just an epic book. It does retail for $95, but well worth it and absolutely beautiful. On the fiction side, I want to draw your attention to... Our own pipe-smoking fellow, Regis McCafferty, who has written a series of books with a character called Hayes McKay, who is a pipe-smoker. You can find some of his stuff on Amazon. Also, the NASPC has them, and you can buy them directly from them there. For a more historical perspective from inside the pipe world, Gary Schreier's put out or re-released the Books About Smoke, an, an Encyclopedia of Smoking by Alfred Dunhill. Uh, the Christmas Time Companion set by Alfred Dunhill as well. Gary's also putting out uh, the, an old BBB catalog and an old Lowy packet, which is a lot of fun to see what the old shapes were. For a little bit of an insight into the family side of Dunhill, uh, Mary Dunhill wrote a book about her family and about her father and growing up in and around the business. I think all these would be wonderful gifts, wonderful reads for any of us pipe smokers. Check them all out. Let me know if you also have any suggestions for uh, good pipe smoking reads. Hey, in a minute, we'll be back with uh, Jeff Grasick. This is Internet Radio. Smokingpipes.com has been my family's tradition for over 10 years. My granddad enjoys his evening pipe on the front porch. My father prefers his in the study, and well, me, I like to hang outside the local coffee shop with a pipe in one hand and my smartphone in the other. The best selection is at Smokingpipes.com. They always have the exact pipe I'm looking for. Savinelli, Peterson, Dunhill, and great stuff from dozens of top artisans around the world. Plus, they have over 70 tobacco brands with 750 blends to choose from. Lighters, tampers, tobacco jars, yep, they have that too. But the best part about SmokingPipes.com is that it's easy to order from my computer, tablet, or even my smartphone. And if Granddad has trouble with technology, he can always call them at 1-888-366-0345. I heard that. Do you think I'm deaf? I'm the one who told you about SmokingPipes.com, and I had a smartphone before you. You kids today, blah, blah. SmokingPipes.com. Make it your family tradition. Please join me in welcoming on the phone Jeff Grasick, maker of J. Allen Pipes. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you. It's good to be here, Brian. How did you get started pipe making? Well, um, I uh, I was in graduate school studying a totally unrelated subject and uh, needed. Uh, needed an artistic outlet. I needed something to pull my nose out of the books for a little bit, and I've always enjoyed working with my hands. And um, my wife suggested that I take up pipe smoking, and took it up. And it didn't take long 
for me to spend more time uh, reading about and researching pipes um, than I was spending uh, with my nose in the books studying what I should have been studying. So uh, within within a short period of time, I'd made my first few pipes and had a chance to work with some uh, some really excellent pipe makers. And um, then I sold a pipe. What were the, the history? I guess. What were the first pipes you you bought? First pipes I bought. Um, you know, I don't remember what my first pipe was, believe it or not. I bought them. Uh, I bought pipes on eBay. Uh, I used to buy lots of them, you know, five pipes or ten pipes at a time, you know, uh, at really low prices, um, you know, to, to meet a graduate school student's um, budget. And uh, and then I, w- I would keep the one or two pipes that I liked um, out of the out of the lot and sell off the other ones. And um, the one I remember uh, was a 1940s or 50s K. Woody Allbrier. It was unsmoked. And years afterwards, I smoked it once or twice, and I didn't like the way it smoked, so I sold it. And later, after I knew more about it, I'm like, man, I really wish I'd kept that pipe and not smoked it. It's a pretty historical piece. Who did you uh, who did you start working with when you were learning to make pipes? One of the first guys I contacted was Mark Tinsky. Um, Mark, according to his website, lived in Pennsylvania, not too far away from where I was going to school in New Jersey. And um, I called him up or sent him an email, and he said, "Oh, you live in Montana?" And I said, "No, I don't." Well, he hadn't changed his address on his website yet. He'd moved <laughs> all the way across the country, so. I was out of luck there. But then Tim West in um, Columbus, Ohio, was very generous in sharing his time and experience of the phone with me and spent several hours talking with me and sharing uh, just some beginner techniques to help me out. And I bought some supplies from him right away. And uh, I became um, acquainted with uh, Tyler Beard, who makes Tyler Lane pipes. Yeah. Uh, through his website, he had some instructions on the site. And um, uh, Tyler was starting a new website called the Pipe Makers Forum, uh, and he invited me to ask my questions that I've been asking him privately uh, on there, and and I did that pretty soon. A collection of uh, wannabe pipe makers, like new guys, like I was, and experienced guys were drawn to the site, and I learned a lot through that. So that was kind of the um, the beginning, the first guys who helped me out, and how it happened. Can you can you describe those first pipes that you made? Well, I'd rather no. <laughs> let's see. I I am I yeah yeah. I, the first pipes that I made, um, you're going to have to fly to California if you want to see them because I will never photograph them. Um, <laughs> they are they are done. All of the holes connect uh, in the ways that they should, and they are functional, but. They are not pretty. Um, so the first two pipes I made were uh, pretty clunky. See, the third pipe was uh, like a cherry wood or a variation on a cherry wood. And I was making everything at the time with, um, with a Dremel. I owned a Dremel and a drill press and used those exclusively for everything that I did. Um, and see, I made... I think seven pipes that way uh, before I went and studied with Todd Johnson, uh, who told me and showed me 
that I needed to buy a lathe and uh, came home and scraped together some money and bought a lathe. And then that's, that's really the turning point where I went from a guy who was really engrossed um, in this idea of pipe making and had made a few pipes to really discovering that um, maybe I had something, I had some abilities that I could share and people were interested in seeing them. And I believe we first met maybe a year or two after that at the Kansas City Pipe Show. Let's see, when was that? When was the Kansas City Show? Was I, that 2007? I, I think that was either 2005 or six. It could have been five. Um, it might have been 2006. I think we had just moved to California. I just graduated from um, my program and become full-time. And... Uh, yeah, so I was only maybe a year and a half into pipe making at the time. And you distracted me with one of your other passions, and something that I'm passionate about is you also have your own coffee beans. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm, I am a jack-of-all-trades, a master of none. Um, so I, uh, coffee, coffee is one of my many hobbies. I have actually been roasting coffee since maybe 2001 or 2002, and um, have just been really, really passionate about it. In the same way that a lot of people are really into wines, uh, really uh, study wines and uh, travel to the locations and understand the um, uh, what each region has to contribute in it and the soil characteristics have to contribute to the flavor. Are you still selling your own roasted beans? No, no, I'm not selling them. No, it's all purely for my own consumption at this point. Because I was nibbling on your beans at the uh, at the pipe show. That's right, yeah. Uh, you came up to my table and reached down, grabbed a handful of beans and started throwing them in your mouth, in your mouth and you said, oh, these are, this is some good coffee. And I just kind of looked at you funny and I was like, I think I might, I, I think I like you. You're a good guy. <laughs> had I known had I known your career in pipe making was going to skyrocket, I should have looked at the pipes instead. I don't know. The coffee was pretty good. Uh, the coffee was really good. <laughs> you should try it brewed. How, how many cups of coffee a day do you drink? Oh, it, it varies day by day. I think I've had I've had three or four double shots today of espresso. And is that an average day? I'd say so, yeah. So that's that's not bad. In addition to coffee, I also know from your Facebook page that you are uh, a, a fanatical craft beer consumer. Uh, I do enjoy discovering different beers, that's for sure. Is there a particular uh, this, particular style that you like? Yeah, I'm, I'm really drawn to very bitter beers. So India Pale Ales uh, tend to be my go-to's. Um, little did I know when my wife and I decided to move to California um, that the city we were moving to and now live in, San Diego. They named it San Diego, which in German means a whale's vagina. <laughs> um, was one of the capitals of beer in the United States. We had no idea at the time, um, but I've moved into a beer mecca, and we've got dozens of breweries here in the town, and I live not too far away from one of the premier 
um, microbrew pubs in the city. Um, so I was really fortunate uh, when it comes to that hobby of mine to uh, have landed in a place like this. So we're surrounded by things that um, uh, help keep my interest in that hobby alive. When we come back, I'm going to ask Jeff about pairing tobacco with beer and coffee, and we'll talk a little bit more pipe making. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Marty Pulvers, and you're listening to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We are back, and Jeff is uh, still on the phone. Jeff, is there is there a particular pairing of, since you like the, the more bitter beers, is there a specific tobacco that you find that goes better with them or a style of tobacco? Um, you know what? Very, uh, like with my beers, um, I am kind of uh, partial to English tobaccos, so any any really smoky tobacco I'm drawn to. So I wouldn't say that they um, that they're a natural pair, but they work really well for me. Um, so I, uh, I I haven't thought that hard about it, but that's what I like to smoke, and that's what I like to drink. Um, unfortunately, I smoke mostly during the day, not in the evening, and I don't drink during the day. So it goes really well with coffee for me. People that have bought your pipes probably appreciate that you don't drink while you're making them. <laughs> I like to think so. Is there a pairing of... Uh, of are you are the are you the same way with coffee as you are with the uh, with the beer? What do you mean? Just your favorite your favorite tobacco and your favorite coffee, and it works well for you. You know what? With coffees, um, well, I would say coffee like beer. Um, I tend to to jump around within a genre, so I have roast characteristics that I look for. Um, but I like a, a wide variety of. Uh, bean origins uh, that all have their own unique characteristics. Um, and like like wines, um, you can jump from one altitude to another on a single estate and find different flavor characteristics or jump around in roast characteristics on the same bean from the same bag, and it will pull out different flavors. And then that's not to um, diminish the... Uh, the brewing method, all of that affects what you taste in the cup. So I'm really, I'm really passionate about the different regions of coffee and exploring what those are. I would, it's funny because as much as I like um, tasting different kinds of beers, I kind of have my go-to variety. But with coffee, um, I'm maybe more adventurous. What's the most expensive bottle of beer you've ever had? Or the most, most expensive, expensive beer bottle. Um, the nice thing about beer is that it's pretty accessible um, to people. It's not um, it's not like wine where you can go out and spend tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars on a bottle. So like here, um, with beer, um, you can 
spend five to ten dollars on a 22 ounce bottle uh, that may be a very rare bottle, uh, very limited, and one of the best in the world. So my favorite beer that I've ever had um, is a very it's a very limited distribution beer. It's only available one month out of a year from a brewery in uh, Northern California called Russian River, and uh, the beer is called Pliny the Younger. Um, there are only a few places in our city that get it, and we're really lucky that uh, that that's the case, um, that, that we can get it down here. But um, it is unreal, the most well-balanced, beautiful, and just incredibly flavored beer I've ever had. Pliny the Younger, available every February, I guess. A couple more now, months. Say, uh, you were asking about you were asking about cost. I think it was uh, it's nine or ten dollars for a, uh, an eight or a ten ounce pour. So let's switch back to pipes for a minute because I know you've not only have you worked with many of the uh, you've done collaborations with many of the great pipe makers in the world. You also are helping out some of the younger up and coming pipe makers. Uh, what's the process that you take somebody that approaches you and says? Teach me pipe making. Oh man, uh, um, that's a that's a difficult question because um, I try to tailor it to each individual person who comes and works with me. Uh, it's really important for me to do this to work with other pipe makers, other young guys, because um, I know how grateful I am and how critical my experience was working with. M- with more experienced pipe makers than myself when I was first learning. Um, I wouldn't be where I am today if it hadn't been for some of those experiences. So I like to pass that along as uh, best I'm able. So generally what I, what I do with people is I, I'll have an idea where the person is um, in terms of uh, their own experience and development before they get here. And uh, I try to make sure that uh, both for their time and for mine, that they have some experience under their belts and that they they know their way around a pipe uh, before they come in. And usually uh, we have one day or at the most two days um, for, for guys to come in and work with me. And I walk them through my process of making a pipe. Um, some guys are more interested in um, learning how to make a classical shape on a lathe, turning it. Uh, and some are interested in freehand shaping and freehand drilling, which we uh, we acknowledge as being like the Danish tradition. Um, for me, the more important thing is teaching them, letting letting them choose a shape, a simple shape, whether that be a billiard or a bent brandy or whatever whatever it might be, a fairly simple, straightforward shape, and teaching them to make that well, and then to repeat it. Um, we need to know what we're looking at, and we need to have some kind of basis to judge what is a good line and a bad line. And if we decide upon a simple shape and help them perfect it or or improve it, then we're going to help develop them as a pipe maker. So that's, that's pretty critical to me, teaching them, them to make a simple shape and make sure that it's repeatable. And then they, they can take those skills that they've learned in shaping that, both the visual skills the, the, and the uh, creative skills, but also the, um, the technical skills, and they can apply it to other shapes afterwards. Do you have a favorite shape to make? Oh, man. Favorite shape. I've got lots of favorite shapes. Um, 
right now I'm really I'm really drawn to making my version of a uh, of a fugu blowfish, you know, the crosscut blowfish. Um, it's kind of a I've taken a little bit from Toke, a little bit from uh, from Yeskanovich, from my friend Cornelius Mens, and adopted some of their ideas as we all do uh, into my version of the shape. So uh, a half bent uh, crosscut blowfish uh, with a military mountain stem. I'm really really digging that shape right now. So, and you just mentioned some uh, fairly big names in the pipe making world. What other what other pipe makers have you worked on in collaboration? Oh, in collaboration. Um, actually, you know, the funny thing is I just finished up a collaboration today. Um, Cornelius and I uh, began a set of uh, the very blowfish shape I was meant, uh, just mentioned. Uh, we began that uh, a set of two of them last year when I visited him at his shop in Germany and uh, brought them home with me uh, from my trip this year. Um, so they were 18 months in the making, uh, but they were just finished up today, and now we're having a box made. Um, so let's see. I've worked with uh, my good friend Brad Pullman. We've done a couple sets together. I've done uh, two sets with Tokotomi, one of which was with Adam Davidson as well. There were three pipes in that set. I have worked with... Um, Vladimir Grishukin, the uh, Russian pipe making pipe maker. I worked with him last year. We made four pipes together. I've seen pictures of a billiard that you started with Yes Konowitz. Yeah, yeah. I made uh, several um, pipes uh, or started several pipes in Yes's workshop. I've really had very good fortune in uh, in being invited into these these just amazing pipe makers workshops. Um, spending time with them, rubbing shoulders with them, learning from them, collaborating with them. It's really, when I first started out, I didn't even know any of these names. And to now count many of them as friends, uh, is, it's really, really cool to me. So besides pipe making, what else, uh, what else occupies your free time? <laughs> you know, besides, uh, pipes, my, the, the most important thing in my life is my family. Um, my wife and I have been together for 11 years, and uh, I've got two beautiful kids, and they uh, they take and deserve a lot of my time. So I love, love spending time with them, cooking for them, playing with them in our yard, um, traveling with them. Um, they're really uh, the center of my life. On that note, we've taken up enough of your time. Anybody interested in getting a hold of you, the website is J. The letter J, Allen Pipes, A-L-A-N-P-I-P-E-S dot com. Before I let you go back to the family, I want to give you the final fast five questions. These are going to be five questions, first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Uh Uh-oh, I'm not sure. What's your favorite pipe? My favorite pipe has got to be my own made um, cross-cut sandblasted blowfish. What's your favorite tobacco? Exotique from Smoker's Haven. Favorite place to smoke? My workshop. And favorite drink? I think we kind of covered this, but... Um, Arrogant Bastard IPA from Stone Brewing. And your favorite thing to do while smoking? Make pipes. I would imagine you got two uh, pretty excited kids with Christmas coming up. You better believe it. I appreciate your time. I'll let you get back to them. 
Jeff, thank you very much. Hey, thanks for having me, Brian. And we'll be back in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. Smokingpipes.com has been my family's tradition for over 10 years. My granddad enjoys his evening pipe on the front porch. My father prefers his in the study, and well, me, I like to hang outside the local coffee shop with a pipe in one hand and my smartphone in the other. The best selection is at SmokingPipes.com. They always have the exact pipe I'm looking for. Savinelli, Peterson, Dunhill, and great stuff from dozens of top artisans around the world. Plus, they have over 70 tobacco brands with 750 blends to choose from. Lighters, tampers, tobacco jars, yep, they have that too. But the best part about SmokingPipes.com is that it's easy to order from my computer, tablet, or even my smartphone. And if Granddad has trouble with technology, he can always call them at 1-888-366-0345. I heard that. Do you think I'm deaf? I'm the one who told you about SmokingPipes.com, and I had a smartphone before you. You kids today, blah, blah. SmokingPipes.com. Make it your family tradition. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin direct via satellite from our on-the-spot task force. This just handed to me. Two pipe smokers were recently seen in a discussion at a pipe club meeting. Both of them agreed on everything the other one said. There was no argument, and both opinions mattered. And now back to our show. Welcome back. Oh, the spirit of the holiday seasons and goodwill towards all is uh, spreading around the world, even the pipe world. I want to warn you, we are going to get irreverent here in a minute. I will also state that I am 100% Jewish, born and raised, celebrate Christmas and Hanukkah. This does not offend me, but there are some words in here that may be offensive to some people. So, when I start the song, if you are easily offended, close your ears, turn the speakers off. The song lasts 2 minutes and 30 seconds. It is one of my favorites, and it's funny. It is Kyle from South Park, and this is A Lonely Jew at Christmas, the special edition that was released on CD. So, plug your ears if they're sensitive. Everybody else, enjoy this. It's hard to be a Jew on Christmas. My friends won't let me join in any games. And I can't sing Christmas songs or decorate a Christmas tree or leave water out for Rudolph because there's something wrong with me. My people don't believe in Jesus Christ's divinity. I'm a Jew, a lonely Jew. On Christmas Hanukkah is nice But why is it That Santa passes over my house Every year And instead of eating ham I have to eat kosher latkes Instead of Silent Night I'm singing Who Hachdokat Vish And what the fuck is up With lighting all these fucking candles Tell me please I'm a Jew, a lonely Jew. I can't be merry, cause I'm Hebrew. 
I couldn't help but hear You're feeling left out of Christmas cheer But I've come to say that you shouldn't be sad This is the one month that you should be glad Cause it's nice to be a Jew on Christmas You don't have to deal with the season at all You have to be on your best behavior Or give to charity have to go to grandma's house with your alcoholic family. guys at South Park always have a uh, fun take on the holidays and tough situations, politics, religion, whatever it may be. Anyway, I think it's funny. So, And I believe that was uh, Neil Diamond that joined in on the end there. Hey, tobacco trivia. Well, here it is. Navy Flight, yeah, Casey Ghost nailed it right on. Um Tobacco was pressed down in size for guys in the Navy so that it took up less room on the ship. Sometimes a Navy flake will also mean that it is cased with a rum because a lot of guys in the Navy back in the uh, 1700s like the little rum. This week's trivia. Irish rope. The rope tobacco, especially made by uh, Gowith and Hogarth. Why'd they uh, spin it into a rope? Answer will be next week. And talking about the old times, here's another one of those old classic radio commercials that I like. Uh, say, uh, Arthur, how would you pronounce uh, L-O-N-G? Why, long, of course. Uh-huh, uh-huh, that's right. Now, how do you pronounce L-O-N-G-E-R? Longer. Uh, say, what is this, fifth-grade recitation? <laughs> no, it's just my way of reminding you that king-size ring cigarettes are 20% longer. Which means wings are cooler... And smoother. Get a pack of longer, cooler, smoother, king-size wing cigarettes. You've got some mail. Just like those old radio announcers doing that commercial, uh, Steve Fallon, great voice, great presentation, wonderful guy on the air. Uh... Those old radio guys had to do it right off of a script and uh, had to do it live, so a lot of talent back in those days. Uh, The pictures of me that Kevin's putting up, yep, that's what I look like. That's why I said I have the perfect face for radio. Happy to be uh, audio only. I'd like to start also compiling a list of where everybody's listening on the listening to the shows. We've heard from several different continents and... I like hearing that. It's fun to think that this little show's going out all over the world. So if you get a chance, post on the forums where you're listening from. Send me a message on Facebook. You can also follow me there, uh, Brian Levine. You'll see uh, some of what I'm doing around the house and where my travels take me. 
Check us out on iTunes. We uh, would appreciate any ratings or reviews you can leave there. Eventually, the uh, in the pipe parts segment, I'll start getting into some more detailed stuff on pipes. Uh, perhaps in the future, we'll start bringing in some experts to help me out in certain areas where I'm not an expert in. I am the leading expert on my opinion, though, and I'm also a legend in my own mind. But I don't know everything there is to know about pipes and pipe tobacco, so pipe parts will start getting into more detailed stuff later on in the new year. Hey, also let me know on the forums or on uh, Facebook if you've got any holiday traditions that are related to pipe smoking. Any specific uh, pipes that you pull out for Christmas, any specific tobaccos that you pull out for Christmas. Let me know what you do. I'll share them with everybody here on the air. We'll share them around the forums. Uh, I know in Europe it was common to uh, buy a pipe on New Year's Eve, smoke a brand new porcelain pipe, and then at midnight, throw it into the fireplace and smash it as a way to uh, bring in the new year and ward off all the uh, bad luck. Well, we're coming up on the end of the show quickly here, so everybody hang on. Uh, Rant time's coming up next. I have scoured the endless expanse of the universe looking for the perfect pipe, and after years of searching, I have found it right here on Earth. The best pipes in the universe, only at CupoJoes.com. There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn, or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Thank you, Gregory Pease. Now you got me looking at every guy's hats that go by. You got a hat on my Christmas list and you made my wife laugh at me. But earlier this week, I was on a flight back from Arizona. Went out to Phoenix for two nights. And on the flight back, I get upgraded to first class. So I get free booze and a halfway decent meal. And I'm sitting there into my first drink, and the guy that's got the seat next to me comes in and sits down. And he's wearing a good-looking brown Outback-style all-weather fedora. So we start talking, and I mention to him that I do this radio show, and we've been talking about on the forums about pipes and hats and how hats and pipes are old world and that we need to bring the world back 50, 60 years to a simpler, more calm time, and hats and pipes are going to do that. We get into this discussion about his hat, and he takes his hat off, sets it on his lap, and I'm asking him, so do you take your hat off when you go inside? He said, of course he does. He always takes his hat off when he sits down or when he comes inside a place because you're not supposed to wear a hat indoors. Turn around and look down the airplane, and as we're looking down the airplane, you can see numerous guys sitting in their seats wearing ball caps or some other kind of hat inside on the airplane. So a whole long discussion then begins about manners. Do you stand up when a woman leaves the table? Do you stand up when a woman arrives at the table? Do you open your doors for, do you open doors for women? 
Do you give up your seat on a bus or a shuttle because there's a lady that's come in and there's no more seats? What has happened to commonplace manners? Do you offer a lady if you can carry her bags for her? Well, what we determined was the whole world would be better if hats and pipes were back in style and if everybody would relax and bring manners back, it would make the world a better place. He had never thought about smoking a pipe. He was an occasional cigar smoker, so then the conversation for the next hour and a half turned to pipes. Before the food came in, we uh, went into our own books and our own work that we had to do on the airplane. So, once again, thank you, Gregory Pease. You got me looking at guys' hats and talking to him. This guy wore a hat because he uh, didn't have any hair. I, thankfully, still have... Most of my hair, although my forehead is now turned into a five head. That's the rant for today. Hope everybody's having a great holiday season. Want to say thank you to smokingpipes.com. Want to get us out of here as quick as can as we can because uh, today's Kevin's birthday and he uh, hasn't been able to pop open that champagne and uh, start the celebrating until the show's over. So happy birthday, Kevin. Until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy Put that in your pipe and smoke it, birthday boy.